I was curious about how I could replace our job income and create more time freedom and, and more opportunities for our family. So I started going to these meetups and the odd time I would drag Mr. No along. And as it turned out, we ended up replacing our corporate jobs just by focusing on one very specific strategy. And that is rent to own. She did go to these meetups quite faithfully on a weekly basis. She was learning different strategies. I was very reluctant. Um, I didn't really understand real estate at that time. But somewhere along the line, she um, convinced me that we needed to look into this. That's sort of what led us down this path. And now we're, you know, we're uh, in 12 years of doing Red Jones and over 600 people that we've been able to help get into a house. So it's been, uh, it's been an amazing journey. You are listening to the Savvy Real Estate Investor Show, the podcast dedicated to empowering you to invest for your family's future. Listen in to learn about different strategies successful investors use to live their best lives. Whether you are starting out on your real estate wealth building journey or a seasoned investor looking for the next unfair advantage, this is the show for you. Each conversation will help you be more savvy when it comes to understanding how to leverage real estate to achieve your goals and live an extraordinary life. Your host is none other than seasoned investors and power couple, Jose and Khadija Jafferji, founders of the Savvy Real Estate Group, where we have been helping passive investors grow their wealth and getting them one step closer to financial freedom since 2008. Hey, Savvy Real Estate Investors, we have Neil and Rachel Oliver on our show today. And uh, we have known uh, Rachel and Neil for a very long time, since our early days of investing, which was over 10 years ago. And we used to attend many of the same real estate meetups uh, when we were just starting out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Rachel and Neil have really specialized in the rent to own strategy here in Canada, uh, primarily focused in Ontario. And they have built an amazing business around creating a win-win situation for both investors and tenant buyers. They have an amazing track record and they have helped over 600 families to stop renting and start owning. And rent to own is an often overlooked strategy, which has some amazing benefits because it's fairly passive and all the while it's able to create really high cash flow and the benefit of equity creation as well. So we'll let Rachel and Neil tell you more about that in this episode. So here they are, Rachel and Neil. Hey, Rachel and Neil, we're so excited to have you on the show today. Um, for those of you listening, Rachel, we've known Rachel and Neil for a really long time and, uh, you know, super excited to be catching up with you guys after what seems like a long time. So uh, for those of you who don't know Rachel and Neil, uh, maybe you guys can give us a quick introduction of yourselves and maybe tell us how you got started in the real estate journey. Oh, thank you so much, guys. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I, I feel like we have been with you kind of step and step all the way through our investing journey because we kind of started out at the same time back in 2009, going to the meetups in Thornhill. Um, so very much like you guys, we were curious. Well, no, I should say I was curious about how I could replace our job income and create more time freedom and, and more opportunities for our family. So I started going to these meetups and the odd time I would drag Mr. No along to, um, to kind of tune in and help me explore these options. And, uh, and really this was just designed for us to create more options and, and time freedom 
so we could not be as dependent on our corporate jobs. And as it turned out, we ended up replacing our corporate jobs just by focusing on one very specific strategy, and that is rent to own. And yes, I am Mr. No. Um, <laughs> it's not just because my initials are NO, it's really because I said no a lot. Uh, to most of the things that Rachel was uh, trying to get our, ourselves involved in. Um, in fact, she did go to these meetups quite faithfully on a weekly basis. She was learning different strategies. I was very reluctant. Um, I didn't really understand real estate at that time, nor did I understand or care about mortgages. These were not things that I was uh, finding all that interesting. But somewhere along the line, she um, convinced me that we needed to look into this. Yeah, and, I massaged them into submission, and we did, and uh, we got on the same page, and that's sort of what led us down this path. And now we're, you know, we're uh, in twelve years of doing rent owns and over six hundred people that we've been able to help get into a house. So it's been uh, it's been an amazing journey. That's incredible. That's really incredible. So uh, Neil and Rachel, what did you guys do before? What was your uh, corporate careers? I was um, I was working for an engineering company, believe it or not, um, handling marketing and communications. And uh, prior to that, I was I really came from a background of marketing. So I had always worked either on an agency side or on a client side of the marketing uh, equation. And my last hurrah in the corporate world was um, a five year stint for an engineering company in Markham, Ontario. And uh, and after that. I uh, made my exit from the corporate world altogether. Yeah, I, I came from sort of the online world as well. I did a lot of uh, computer stuff. I used to work for the Ontario Minor Hockey Association. I was their IT person. So besides working on computers and building websites and so on, um, you know, I was involved in a lot of the stuff around the day-to-day -day with the uh, minor hockey. Then I moved into online marketing and I worked for an agency in Toronto where we did, uh, you know, microsites and Google ads and, you know, those type of campaigns, online marketing campaigns. And I did that for probably two or three years. And then Rachel basically told me I had to leave that world and start our own business because that's where we needed to be. And uh, I followed faithfully like a dog with its tail between his legs. <laughs> That's a pretty vivid description. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty vivid. All right. <laughs> uh, you guys are hilarious. But um, yeah, so I mean, I think that you guys are obviously, you know, you you came equipped with certain skills, um, you know, in marketing, you know, I guess in, in online lead generation. Uh, how would you say that that has tied into sort of your business and helped you succeed? That's a great point. Um, we thought it would actually tie into our business uh, significantly, but um, in reality, it was only a, a small fragment. There was so much that we needed to understand about the, the business of rent to own. And the lead generation part, of course, helped because in order to help families, you need to activate um, interest from in, uh, people inquiring how it works. And we were able to leverage our expertise on, you know, how, how paid ads work, how um, AdWords work. And that, that was a huge advantage. But the challenge is, is that all of that stuff is continuously evolving. So if you're not in that world, you're not constantly upgrading your skills and your knowledge. So over time, you know, you kind of have diminishing returns on the effectiveness of your knowledge that you brought in from that 
corporate marketing world. At least that's what I found. Um, and on top of that, we were also challenged with figuring out other moving parts of the business. Because, you know, you guys know you have to wear so many different hats. All of a sudden, bookkeeping was on the radar. Ugh, I hate bookkeeping. Um, but I had to kind of think about those things, expenses, revenue, uh, filing corporate taxes, you know, and, and then everything in between. Um, so it felt like the tiny minor advantage that we had at the beginning was completely overshadowed and overwhelmed us with all the other things we needed to learn. I think whatever you think, because <laughs> you tell me all the time that my expertise in the Google ad world has gone downhill because I'm not, I'm not in it regularly. And I certainly don't have any time anymore to even monitor it. Um, so yeah, we, at the beginning, it was great. We built a website. We've improved on that website over the years. We've, you know, uh, we did all our own advertising. We use Kijiji. We use Google ads. We've built a network of real estate agents and mortgage agents as well. Um, and all of that sort of derived from the skills that we had because we were people persons, people, 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 people. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually were involved in making relationships work, right? In that world, uh, online marketing agency world, um, just in marketing in general, you have to always be front and center with people. So I think that's probably one of the skill sets that's helped us the most is that we have been able to build really strong relationships. It's probably the foundation of our entire business, right? So the Google ads was great. Don't get me wrong. It's it's still working for us now, although it's taking a little bit more time to figure out how to tweak it so it benefits us even more. But building the relationships has been something that we use on both sides of the business, whether it's with investors or it's with tenant buyers or home buyers. You know, we have strong relationships on both sides. So that's probably the skill that's helped us the most, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So so how does somebody that is a prospective, um, you know, uh, wanting to join the program of uh, being a homeowner, but it, uh, where are your most of your leads coming from or somebody that wants to learn more? Because I would say a lot of Canadians may not even, I, I don't know, perhaps they don't know what the rent to own is. Um, they don't know such programs exist and there's companies like yours that, that help people uh, get into home ownership. Yeah, I think overcoming that hurdle is probably the number one challenge in what we do with uh, the rent own side. You know, a, a traditional real estate investor really focuses more on uh, building up their network with real estate agents and, uh, you know, farming um, an area and just focusing on properties and deals that come up in that area. Whereas for us, uh, it was a completely different dynamic. We had to educate the world on what rent to own is and what it isn't. We had to lead with um, knowledge sharing because there were a lot of misconceptions. You guys know this. You know, most people, when they hear the word rent to own, um, they they kind of like raise an eyebrow and there's a level of confusion or uncertainty around it. And we were, we were in that uh, camp ourselves, but we educated ourselves and we started to um, rework the rent to own model to make it more secure and more... Um, uh, more favorable, not just for the investor side of it, but also for the home uh, for for the home buyer side of it. Primarily for the home buyer side of it. So we needed to lead with education, and just by leading uh, by education, it actually opened up the conversation. It was never a sales pitch, right? No, it's you're, and that's exactly what it is. It's an educational piece. I mean, that's why we wrote the book back in 2014, so we could educate home owners or home buyers on how to do the due diligence so they could protect themselves, right? Because Brent Jones has 
for the longest time, if people knew about it, they knew some of the bad things about it, right? Where some people took advantage, there were some scams or these different things that were in the media that people were reading and then believing. Some of it was true, some of it wasn't, I'm sure. But we wrote the book so that they would have the chance to understand how to do due diligence on people they might work with. But the the biggest key, I, we did a lot of online stuff in order to draw in leads, uh, not even leads. I won't call them leads. I'll call them people who are curious. Yeah. Right. Because they'd, be, they'd call and they'd ask questions and they might not move forward, but they were interested in finding out a little bit more. Um, but I think that what's happened in the last year with the liberal government sort of putting rent to own on a stage a little bit more, um, there's definitely a lot more intrigue and interest. So, you know, we are seeing large volumes of calls on a weekly basis. Some of them, again, are just curious, but some of them have heard that rent own is a great option. And then to be perfectly honest, the banks sort of making things very difficult to get a mortgage have also pushed a lot of people our way. People who have some credit issues, but have great down payments, right? And the banks just, they're not ready to work with them yet. So they're a great fit for our program. And this has all been sort of um, all coming out as a result of the banks tightening rules, the government making rent to own a, a thing again, or a thing, period. Um, yeah, so it's it's great. There's a lot more awareness than there ever has been. Uh, but it's definitely been a struggle to get people to understand that, you know, rent to owns can be done properly. You know, it's not always this way that they've heard about. It can definitely be done properly. And our success rate, which is probably a little bit over 90%, is a testament to the fact that, you know, if you work with people, build strong relationships, you can help them succeed where maybe some other people can't. Yeah, that's an incredible success rate, actually, because um, even when we started uh, back, you know, in 2009, 10, 12, um, you know, the, the success rates were, were low, if I'm, if I'm honest, with a lot of the investors we saw doing rent to owns. So, you know, it wasn't a win-win. It was maybe a win for the investor. It could be a win for the investor, but it certainly would be a huge loss for the, for the tenant buyer um, should it not work out. So I think that that's, you know, that's such an important point that you guys are helping both sides. It's a win-win situation. Um, we remember though, what we really wanted to accomplish with our journey with real estate investing was to have hassle, uh, like hassle-free ways of making money in real estate and things that didn't require us to um, lift hammers and deal with tenants and toilets and trash. We really wanted it to be um, as, as I guess, least time-consuming way of making money and maximizing the cash flow that we're generating so that we can offset our job paychecks that, that we were leaving behind. Um, and the only way to do that is really to think about, okay, what does success look like for the other person? What does success look like for that home buyer? And Neil was great at kind of um, visualizing where we needed to take them and then worked it backwards to where they needed to uh, start to get them to that finish line successfully. And when we knew that we could do that for the home buyer, well, everything else falls into place for the investor side. And then we accomplished the hassle-free aspect while helping another family achieve their goals of home ownership. And that's how we generated that win-win. Nobody seemed to be operating from the end goal in mind. Yeah. Oh, it's it's incredible. And uh, big kudos to you that you guys have helped uh, 600 families, which is insane. Uh, you yeah, know, that's that's a lot of matchmaking, right? Because yeah. it's it's ultimately making those perfect matches. Um, 
Yeah, maybe maybe walk us through sort of how the program works. Like, how does it work in a synopsis sort of from start to finish? You find, you know, there's people out there who are clearly looking for a solution, like you mentioned, because they can't qualify for a mortgage, um, perhaps credit issues. Um, how do they come to you and how does an investor get looped into that? And how, and, and maybe you can slightly, I, I'm curious to know about the market conditions and how you guys are operating within those market conditions. Because I know things are changing so much, especially with, you know, the way the market has been for the last, whatever, two years. Um, so maybe, maybe help us understand all of that. Okay. Well, why don't we start with the people part first? Because with rent to owns, we start with the people and then we deal with the property. So um, who are the people that we're helping and who are the people that we're bringing in? You go. So to preface this right off the bat, I'm, I'm also licensed as a mortgage agent. So when I'm qualifying anyone, I'm qualifying them from the perspective of using the stress test. So we're not putting people into homes that they really can't afford and they're not going to be able to qualify for, right? And I have heard that this is a thing. I've had people call me who are like, listen, I got qualified for 800,000. And then I look at their paperwork and I'm like, what? Like, this is not even possible. Under the stress test, you're not even at 600,000. Like somebody is trying to put you into a bad situation. So I'm using these strict uh, or conservative, I guess they're conservative rules to qualify. And the requirements are pretty standard across the board. So the people we're dealing with are, you know, professionals who, yes, have got some credit issues or maybe are carrying some debt. Right. There was a time when the banks wouldn't look at car loans the way they might look at them now. Right. A car loan was something you paid every month. They didn't really count it, uh, but now they're counting it. And so that puts a lot of people in a position where they no longer qualify. Right. They have an eighty thousand dollar car loan. Well, that's counted now as part of their debt service ratio. And all of a sudden they're no longer a fit. But in rent to own, they're a perfect fit because over a three or four year program that $80,000 is whittled down to 20 or 30 and all of a sudden their debt service ratio is really good again, right? And they're able to qualify. Uh, so that's primarily one of, one of, well, I guess primarily that's our main focus is credit issues. But we do have people who come to us with no down, not no down payment, but not enough down payment. So they might have four or 5%. The banks typically might look at them at 5%, but are saying now because of the debt or because of credit, 5% is not enough. But in our program, again, we can build up their down payment while improving their credit. So we kind of take out the two things at once in the program. Third would be, um, you know, uh, people who are immigrating to Canada and don't have permanent residency, but are working on it, right? They want to get into home ownership. We've had a number of people who are relocating here for business. They're already coming in with great jobs, but the banks won't look at them until they have PR. So that's another client uh, that we are working with. So it's a lot of professionals with good income uh, and many of them have good down payments. It's just they don't have the credit situation handled yet or they're not residents of Canada yet. So that's who we're dealing with. Um, the market, you want to jump in? Yeah, I do want to jump in, of course, because he'll just keep talking. He seems like the quiet type, but he's not the quiet type. <laughs> I wanted to point out that uh, what Neil does is he looks at the big picture uh, of their financial situation, like any bank or mortgage professional would, and he determines what they can truly afford. 
And uh, once he establishes a budget, then that home buyer goes house hunting. What's really interesting is that a lot of people think that when it comes to rent to owns, that there is kind of the secret stash of properties that we're shoving people into um, that might be subpar or less than desirable. Um, but that's not the case with our rent to own program. Home buyers are given a budget and they go house hunting and they get to experience those butterflies when they walk into a property that they love or that they have an emotional connection to and they can see themselves thriving with their family in that property for years to come. Um, and, and that's exactly the opportunity. It's, it's an opportunity to find, you know, within their affordability, what their dream home is and, and get their foot on that ownership ladder. Um, and at that point, we're also very transparent. Neil is a numbers guy and he likes to have all of the I's dotted and T's crossed. So he steps in to negotiate all the numbers at that point. Cause when we have a family who's picked a home, we want them to know um, what will their monthly payments look like, what their rent to own price is going to be. And they need to have, you know, full transparency in order to have the confidence to commit to this transaction. Because really, you know, rent to owns for the home buyer is a three or a four year commitment. And we want them to go into it eyes wide open. So uh, once Neil um, kind of runs the numbers by them or negotiates the numbers with them, that's when my part kicks in and we bring in an investor to match them with those home buyers. And that's when the investor steps in to actually purchase the property. And to your point, Khadija, there is definitely some challenges navigating today's real estate market when it comes to offers. And uh, somehow Neil, Neil has, has mastered um, a, a process where he works very closely with the team that is on the acquisition side. And um, in some cases, he, he offers some really good guidance on how to compete for some of the properties. Yeah, I wouldn't say mastered. I mean, there is nothing, you cannot master what's happening in our world right now, whether it's real estate or not. But we've, we've just used, we've employed tactics that have been around for a long time, right? Like the letter, writing a letter, talking about the family and why they want to live there, why they love this house. And that has resonated with some sellers who aren't driven by the dollar. They're driven by making sure their home moves on to a family that's going to love their home. Um, we've used videos also to try and do the same thing. We we have a bigger deposit maybe than what somebody else might put in, hoping to separate ourselves from the next offer. Um, but the reality is we still have to be cognizant of the fact that the, the home buyers have to buy this house in the future at a value higher than what we're buying it at today. So it's important to use comps to understand what this that the house price should actually be. So we're not going into a $550,000 purchase and offering 900 just to get it like somebody else might. Oh, for sure. Right. And we've seen it. I, I mean, Jose, I'm sure you've seen this a hundred times where you go in with an offer you think is perfect. And then somebody offers 200,000 more and you're like, what? It's not worth 200,000 more, but to somebody it was. So as long as we're using those sort of tactics to ensure that we're not going to overpay, which means that they'll the home buyers overpay in the future. If we don't get the house, we move on to the next. And we have been pretty successful in getting a home for a home buyer within two or three houses. And usually, well, now especially, we're actually finding two or three offers, two or three offers, but two or three different houses. Now we're finding that, hey, we're back into conditions. It's wonderful. We actually can get five days on inspection and financing where a week ago we couldn't. So it's it's better now, obviously, because we're able to protect both home buyer 
and the investor again with an inspection and so on. But we were doing different things to ensure that everybody was protected all the way through. And our real estate agents that were working with us and buying these homes, they were doing everything they had at their disposal to try and make our authors stand out. Um, so yeah, it was it was challenging for sure. It's always going to be challenging in real estate, but it was uh, it was still you know fulfilling. For sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm curious to know, like, uh, if once they do find a, a property, and let's say there there's some repairs and maintenance or some deferred maintenance, let's say there is a, a furnace that needs to be replaced or roof that needs to be replaced, who kind of handles that? Um, is that the, the investor of would know upfront and put in the money, or is it uh, a tenant home buyer? So in that situation, we've done a, an inspection, um, or if we haven't, we've definitely walked through carefully. And certain things like a roof are noticeable, right? You can tell when a roof is on its last legs. It's not. It's not a secret. It doesn't catch up on you, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. A furnace, a little bit different. It could turn on, but turn off tomorrow, right? So it's a little bit harder to figure out a furnace, but. Certain things, even even foundations, you can tell with mustiness, that smell. I know even in the finished basement, it becomes a bit more challenging, but there are certain tells. And those are the situations where if we haven't done a home inspection, we're advising the home buyers on what the potential risks are to them. And then they're signing off that they are going to look after repairs in these properties. So it's them 100%. The investors do not put any money into the repairs at this, at this point. That's actually the number one reason why a lot of investors are attracted to the rent-to-own strategy, because you don't have to deal with typical headaches of of maintenance and repairs. So you're not out of pocket, you're not wasting time, and you don't have the same liability as you would with a rental property. Well, I would say, honestly, over 600 properties, we've maybe had 10 roofs that have been needed or needed any sort of repair during the rent-to-own program, maybe five furnaces. Like, But again, those were all during the home inspection phases, right? And you get a very good sense of what that property is all about. And then you can make, as a home buyer, you can make a decision whether or not these are risks you want to take or, or, you know, or walk away from. Um, from the investor standpoint, to, to Rachel's point, definitely they like the fact they don't have to worry about these repairing a, a roof, fixing a furnace, whatever, replacing a furnace, um, like they would have to with a rental, right? So definitely it's all in the home buyer. We look at it as, you know, would a bank cover this for you? You know, we're letting you get into the into a property. You're going to build equity, especially over the last couple of years, right? Some of these people are walking out with three times their income in equity. And the investors are still winning too, right? Even though I'm sure many of them would wish they could hold on to it for a little longer. Yeah. Um, they're still winning. They're still winning as they knew when they came into the deal what they were going to get at the end of the deal. And they're getting that. But the home buyers now have also, you know, it's like a little bit of a carrot. The carrot's in front of them. They know there's equity. They manage their property. They look after it. Many of them have, you know, remodeled, right? The new kitchen, new floors, and they've added additional sweat equity to the property too. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think, Rachel, I was going to lead into this question, but you almost preemptively answered it, which is if somebody's listening and they, you know, they're thinking, okay, I, I, I'm just going to become a, a landlord. I'm going to buy my first property and I'm going to rent it out versus considering a model like rent to own. Um, what would you say? I mean, we talked a little bit about it already, but what would you say are sort of the three key differences or a handful of key differences between the two models? They're similar, but also very different. I just want to preface this by saying that I'm a huge advocate of having both long-term 
holds in in your portfolio that kind of uh, have you know long term mortgage pay down uh, that you could benefit from you know 10 15 20 years down the road but i also feel that it's important in today's economic times to have something that gives you some strong cash flow cash flow is king mm-hmm. you know mortgage paydown doesn't put food on the table 100%. mortgage paydown doesn't buy you diapers mortgage paydown doesn't cover daycare costs and mortgage paydown doesn't allow you to quit your job right you got it you got <laughs> it i think that's a long term strategy and it's worthwhile but what I really value is the cash flow and having both balanced in your portfolio, I think, um, is a smart, smart move, especially for today's real estate investing world. So the rent to own piece is just that it's a cash flow play. Um, so in a very short amount of time, we're doubling the amount of money we're putting into a deal. So if we're doing a deal for, you know, tying up about a hundred and, uh, well, let's just say about a hundred thousand dollars. Well, three years later, I'm pulling out a hundred thousand dollars in profit. And that hundred thousand uh, is coming to me kind of from two ways. A part of the profit is through the monthly cash flow, which can be around a thousand bucks a month after all expenses. And then the other $50,000 in profit is coming from the future sale to that tenant buyer. Um, so it's a really, a strong cash flow and rapid profit strategy. So that's one huge advantage. The reason it's so strong, a lot of people say, well, are you ripping people off? Are you charging, you know, crazy monthly rents to to get those types of profits? And I just want to make sure that people understand that it's not at the expense of charging huge rents and appreciation values to these home buyers that are in the rent own process. A big chunk of the profitability comes from the fact that you have greater leverage. With rent owns, the people that we're working with, they're not coming in with first and last month's rent. They're coming in with a chunk of cash, which we call their initial down payment. And that initial down payment is twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. Well, that initial down payment offsets how much money I'm putting up into the deal, which means that in addition to the bank financing, I also have a little bit of cash from these tenant buyers. So I'm in for less. I'm only tying up maybe 15% of my capital instead of 20%. So that kind of leverage contributes considerably to the, um, to the profit. And then I guess uh, the, oh gosh, there's, uh, how, how do you like, yeah, no maintenance, no repairs, no typical tenants and toilets hassles. Um, and they, I think the other consideration is that it's completely, you know, passive with a purpose. You're putting your money into helping another family overcome their barriers to home ownership while you're creating a thousand bucks a month in cash flow, while you're doubling your money every three years. I mean, and you know, and no headaches. I, I think that's really um, you know, a deal maker for a lot of people. Yeah, no, that is incredible. I mean, you you basically kind of hit the nail on the head with all these points because uh, for us now at, at in our you know, it, at this point in our journey, we're looking for the same thing. We're looking for more like semi-passive investments, and we couldn't find it here. And that's why, personally, we started looking in the U.S. Uh, and you know, large multifamily syndication model. But your model, this rent-to-own model, is is beautiful because it gives you high cash flow without all the hassles. And, you know, with it's the, secure, with the yeah. backed by real estate, which is really important. I think that's a really important one because there's a lot of people offering different types of things yeah, out like there he, that are not backed by real estate. That's right. right. Like you could be like, you know, doing uh, private, private lending, lending or promissory yeah. notes and yeah. things like that. Uh, but uh, this this model also, you know, kind of uh, like you said, the, it's it's got purpose behind it uh, that you're helping another family out. So it's, you know, I mean, I can't. 
think of too many other companies, rent-to-own companies that have grown and, and stuck to one, one niche for this long. Uh, so, you know, yeah, really, that's, uh, that's congratulations amazing, to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's actually, what's, what's really cool, I want to tell a quick story here about cash flow. So as we've been going through our journey, it's, it's amazing when you, when you build relationships with different investors who have different thoughts and mindsets about how they want to lead their life. And it was a few years ago that we ran into an investor who decided that he had a plan. He had room to buy three or four properties. He went out and bought three or four rent-to-owns with us, um, cash flowed about 5000 a month on those four properties. And then he took the summer off and went golfing. He golfed all summer, three months. He just disappeared, went down to the Carolinas and all these other places where he wanted to golf and had no concern because he was cash flowing to cover his mortgage, I guess, or his commitments back home. And these are like, to me, these are the things that I, I kind of go, wow, like I never even thought of that, but that sounds cool. Like cash flow and then just take a month off, right? Do your own thing. So it's, pretty cool when people realize what their goals are and then they set out to make them happen. And that was his goal. He was like, I just want to take, I'm, he was in his late fifties and he's like, I'm just done. I want three months to recharge my batteries and do what I want to do. And this is a, what's going to allow me to do it. So the cash flow is definitely important. Um, but you know, again, goals, having the goals and most investors come in to do to invest in rent own because they don't want to have the maintenance. Right. We had another investor who had five or six rental properties, four roofs went at the same time, and he basically sold them all. I'm sure he wished he held them now because he sold them before COVID, but he sold them all and he bought a bunch of rent to own so he didn't have to worry about roofs again. Right. And that's sort of the hidden benefit of a rent to own investment is that you do not have to, you, you got to factor in that kind of benefit. Right. And a lot of people forget about that. They're looking at what is my cash flow? How, how am I going to make this work kind of thing? But they forget about the fact that there's this deep down benefit of not having to worry about ever doing a maintenance check on this property. And, you know, this guy was sort of, again, it was really telling for us because he's like, listen, I'm cash flowing 500 bucks a month on these properties. And now I'm out $18,000 on roofs because I can't even make this back up again. Yeah. Um, Again, if he held them, I'm sure he'd be doing just fine right now. But but he had to do a massive cash call to cover the expenses yeah. of the roofs on those rental properties. And for him, that was a deal breaker. And he sold for those sure. properties and redirected the proceeds into a bunch of rent owns. And he's never looked back. He's, no, he's, he's done now, very well. I think he's done 14 or 15 now. He just keeps recycling them. Yeah, no, for sure. And you're 100% right. Anybody who tells you that, uh, especially in Ontario, that... Uh, the cash flow from rental properties is predictable is lying to you. Um, I, I can say that with confidence after being in this game for, you know, over a decade that you're right. And our weather has a lot to do with it. Um, the fact that, you know, you have separate properties, separate roofs, separate furnaces, which is part of the reason why we started looking at multifamily as well. But I mean, that's a different conversation. But just the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, one repair can and, and, and the, as many as much due diligence as you do, sometimes they're just not. You can't predict everything, right? So, and and one big, like you said, one big repair can throw you big time. It can wipe out your cash flow for you know two years, um, or whatever your predictable cash flow was supposed to be. So, yeah, no, very interesting perspective for sure. And and I think that definitely, um, you know, cash flow is important. 
for most investors, the bottom line is cash flow is, like you said, cash flow is king. And finding properties um, that you can afford, I think that's another struggle for a lot of investors. So whether they're getting into kind of the long-term game of holding properties or the short-term um, play, I think I think one of the challenges we all struggle with is the, uh, <laughs> it's a good thing and a bad thing, the real estate goes up in value, right? When you own it, you love that it's going up in value, but when you're trying to get into it, it's like a double-edged sword. And I totally respect the fact that you guys are solving that problem by going outside of Ontario uh, to probably access um, more affordable multifamily properties. Because if you kind of play just in the Ontario backyard or you know other parts of Canada, I, I think... I think you can easily get outpriced or the options are more limiting. So kudos to you guys for also being proactive and finding different ways to stick to your objectives in terms of what real estate is giving you. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks Rachel. Um, and yeah, well, I was I was curious to know as far as, you know, uh, are you guys doing deals only in Ontario? Are you uh, or in, in certain parts of Ontario? Now, obviously, with the GTA average price being like, over a million dollars, you know, how has the program evolved? I think first thing uh, to note is that when it comes to uh, the property purchase price, it's really dictated by the affordability of the home buyers that are going to be renting to own it. It's not dictated by the investor. Um, so wherever their affordability takes them is really how we help them navigate the, you know, the opportunities. And some people have to stick in, you know, stick to the Ontario market because that's where their work and family is. But we are now servicing other markets, including Quebec and Alberta. So people who are looking for more affordable options um, can can access rent to own opportunities through our company in um, more affordable provinces. Awesome. Yeah. And, and Rachel, um, if an investor wants to get involved, uh, what are what is the criteria? We we talked a lot about the tenant side what what is the criteria for investors like what would they have to would they have to have a certain amount of capital would they be able to qualify for mortgage what is the requirement for them to join the program so uh kind of all of the above <laughs> um to be able to maximize the you know the cash flow and the overall profitability with a, with a rent to own um if they can qualify for a mortgage and come in with their own um you know cash as a as down payment or um, a source of down payment from HELOC, that is kind of, you're going to get max profitability with rent-to-owns. But uh, there's a lot of people, um, including Neil and I, who can't necessarily always qualify for a mortgage. You know, you were saying earlier that, you know, getting a mortgage is probably one of the biggest hurdles for a lot of investors as they want to generate cash flow or, or build wealth. So investors who can't qualify for a mortgage or don't want to qualify for a mortgage can also participate in a rent-to-own deal and still cash flow around $500, $700 a month. Um, or if they have RSPs, um, we can take on RSP partners as well. So there's different ways um, to, to be involved with rent-to-owns, qualifying or not qualifying. Yeah, no, that's incredible. I mean, yeah, that that's really good information because yeah. you're right. Uh, there's probably a lot of listeners who just don't have the capacity, or they get tapped out of mortgages at some point. Even if they were to do a couple deals, they're you know they're at their capacity. So yeah, and and you know just uh, for our listeners' sake, there, there are so many different ways to invest, and you know rent to own is. I mean, for me, it sounds incredible because the hassles involved in being a <laughs> landlord most. Uh, you know, new investors underestimate that. 
as we were talking earlier, you know, it's it's not a game uh, or an investment meant for uh, a lot of people. They, they shouldn't be doing it. Uh, they're not meant for meant to be landlords. Yeah, uh, some people just aren't built for it, right? And I think you're right. Like with the spread, out, you know, typically investors who are, I'm, I'm not saying always, but my opinion, t- investors who are successful typically, like you said, farm a certain area. They buy all their rentals in a certain space. But with the way things are going, I feel like people are going all over the place, right? You hear people like, oh, I bought a property in Sudbury or I bought a property here, which becomes more and more challenging even right? Because you can't drive to it. You can't see it. Um, you have many different property managers handling your work. So it, 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 it brings about challenges. Whereas with this model, it doesn't really matter what the location of the property is. You could have one rent to own in Sudbury and one in Thunder Bay and one in Toronto, and it would be the same exact experience for you. That's if, right. If they work with us. Yes, if they work with you. <laughs> it's really important to remember and understand, I think, also, is the way the Landlord-Tenant Board has shifted yes. exactly. their views on, on tenants, right? And how landlords can work in that situation, right? Because that, that has also gotten a lot more complicated over the last year or two with COVID. Um, and tenants now have become a lot more savvy, right? So they now know their, their rights a lot more than they might have three, four, eight, nine, ten years ago. I mean, whatever that timeline looks like. For sure. The benefit from my perspective, and again, I'm Mr. No, I'm very conservative. <laughs> um, I don't like to take on a lot of risk, but for me, the benefit has always been that my home buyers or tenant buyers are invested not just financially, but emotionally. They see their family living in this home. They see their family owning this home and passing it on to their kids. They've invested money that they're not going to play games with, right? Like $20,000 on a $400,000 purchase is a lot of money to somebody who's buying a $400,000 house. So they're not going to play games with landlord tenant board because they're going to make their payments on time. They're going to know that if they do that, they're going to have the chance to own this home and they're going to have the chance of building some equity, which will be future wealth for their family. So for me, that's always been my catalyst. Um, I love helping the, the families get ahead, but at the same point, I know that they're invested. Whereas in rentals, you know, as they get more savvy and as things become more difficult, more and more landlords are saying, okay, I got to back out of this, this world. Like, I, like, cause I think Jose, you made a great point. There's people who are pulling equity out of their homes They've never invested before. They don't even know really the first thing, but they go out and they buy a house expecting it should be easy because their neighbor told them it would be. And then they get the wrong tenant or the wrong tenants. And all of a sudden it becomes a nightmare for them, right? Um, We've all heard those stories. And, you know, to me, that's always like, that's another intrinsic value to rent owns is that you're just dealing with people who are very much invested in that property. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, no, it's been a it's yeah. been a great conversation. You guys um, always learn something new. Um, you know, something we haven't revisited in a while. Like we haven't talked rent to owns in a long time. So we we both learned a lot, and I think we're both looking at each other like, hey, like maybe we should do a rent to own. <laughs> like that, that might be so good cash flow. <laughs> um, so yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I know you guys are great. Uh, you know, have always been such positive people. I think that's what's brought you longevity in this business, you know, just uh, really sticking to one thing and being so amazing at doing it. So, um, you know, really a lot of respect for that. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great to watch your journey and really see you guys succeed. So uh, 600, 600 deals is, yeah, like I'm still like, wow, that's, that's pretty, pretty, pretty freaking great. 
for sure. And we're just getting yeah. started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you are, Rachel. I, I believe it wholeheartedly. <laughs> what does Mr. No have to say about that? Oh, I'm, I'm on board. She thinks I'm on board. I have no choice. No, I, I actually am on board. We're on the same page now. And uh, definitely, you know, we're, we're expanding or the expansion is happening into Quebec. Um, we're building our relationships there and we're building in, in Alberta as well. So definitely want to open up more opportunity for families to get into home ownership. Um, we're, we're also looking at the U.S., but we haven't gone there quite yet. But, uh, you know, hey, like, like you said, it's been great watching your journey as well. We've known each other a long time um, to, to some really interesting conversations that Jose and I used to have about building different businesses back then. And uh, yeah. you know, it's been remarkable to watch your growth as well. Yeah, yeah for sure. And before we sign off, we love asking our guests this question, but is there sort of a quote or a saying or something that really resonates with you that ha- you can attribute to sort of how you live or your success or your business or something you would want to share with us? Do we each get to answer this question? Yes, you do, Rachel. Absolutely. Mr. No deserves a turn too. <laughs> so one, one thing that I've always uh, used as my motto in life is when there's a why, there's a way. And that has carried me through so many peaks and valleys and so, so, so many different challenging times, not just in our personal life um, with our family and our, our health, but also in, on the journey with real estate investing and building up. This, this incredible uh, rent-to-own business. Um, when there's a why, there's a way. You know, you just have to anchor yourself in the real meaning behind what it is you're embarking on. And then every challenge and hiccup and, you know, bruise and scrape along the way uh, is, is manageable. You kind of, you know, dust yourself off and keep trying. So, Yeah. So that applies to not just us, but also for homebuyers who are struggling, who get turned down for a mortgage and, and they feel like their dreams of ownership are being crushed. Well, I want them to know when there's a why, there's a way. And we could be that way for them. For me, it's what Rachel says, Rachel gets. No. <laughs> <laughs> we got this on tape, right? It's actually... Happy wife, happy life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not a marriage counselor, but that sounds really good. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing, I think for me, and I don't even think Rach, Rach knows this, but my motto when I do, like my life is about, and I, I'm not always good at it, but I always try very hard to live it with integrity. So day to day, I'm do it with integrity. And that's sort of one of the things I have in front of me at all times. And when I'm talking to somebody uh, about home ownership, it's, it's, doing it with integrity. And that's really what's important for me. Um, I believe in reputation. I believe in, you know, not just our reputation, which we've worked really hard to build, but also the people that we work with's reputation, right? Because real estate agents are a really key component of our business and ensuring that they are entrusting us with, you know, their clients to become home homeowners, basically, we want to make sure that that reputation is um, protected all the way through. So doing it with integrity is sort of my motto. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, and yeah, you know, for sure, you guys always had that long term vision. It wasn't just about making the quick buck, you know, you, you, you only did the right thing for the investors as well as the tenant home buyers. And that's what has gotten you this the high success rates. And, and also, obviously, Helping six hundred plus families, so 
uh, amazing. Yeah. So guys, um, before we wrap up here, if people want to get in touch, we'll put it in our show notes as well. Uh, what's the best way to reach you guys? The best way to find uh, more information about us or to get to us is through our uh, website called hello, uh, hello, Hello, cashflow.ca. Love it. Awesome. All right. Awesome. So yeah, thanks again, guys, for your time. It's always fun catching up. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a fun conversation. Thanks for being on our show. Yeah. Thanks for having us guys. Thanks guys. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Savvy Real Estate Investor Show. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If you liked this episode, please write a review and share it with us. We are getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase how investors at any level can start using and leverage real estate to become savvy wealth builders. If you want to learn more about how we can potentially help you create more passive income and build your wealth faster, go to www.savvyrealestateinvestor.com. Once again, it's www.savvyrealestateinvestor.com. All right, that's a wrap. We can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode.